0: to all the heroes in Hebrews 11 since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Each one of us, the race we're on, the, if you've asked Jesus to be your Savior, you're, you're running a life of faith. You're in a life of faith and we've got witnesses and, and, and David and Paul and, and Daniel and Elijah and Moses. All these people are in the stands along with some of our loved ones. My mom is in the stands cheering us on and Kathy's mom is cheering us on, and my dad and her dad, and, and you've got family that have gone on to the Lord that are cheering you on and, and saying, come on, you can make it. It's like when you're running a race, and yeah, I can remember uh, especially the 10Ks, the 6.2 mile ones, you're about to die towards the end, and then somebody will start cheering, and you're going like, I don't want to die with people watching, I wish I'd, if I was going to die, I want to do back there where nobody was. And so you get fired up a little bit, and you're running, even though your legs feel like rubber bands. And and you and you finish. I remember the the uh, corporate cup race I was running. I thought I was going to blow a lung out of my mouth, you know. I mean, it was it was like I'm running so hard, ran it the fastest I'd ever run that distance, and uh, <clears throat> and finishing because people were cheering. They weren't cheering for me in particular, but just a bunch of people there cheering, you know. And and uh, and so you know, once I stopped seeing double, I found my way to the water fountain, but. Uh, it, it was it's one of you you know, you want those people cheering your own and that's what this crowd of witnesses is doing And it said because of that let's strip off every weight that slows us down That can be good things or bad things It can be anything that keeps us from following jesus the way we want to or the way he wants us to And then the sin that so easily trips us up One of the things if you're running if something slows you down like a headwind You can kind of run through that, but if you trip and fall you may or may not finish the race, but you won't be in competition for the for the uh, win or anything like that, and we don't want to trip, and sin will trip you up in your race, so we've got to stay as far away from trip hazards as we can, and, and then, then this verse ends with, let us run with endurance, the race God has set before you. I want to tell you this morning, as I've done before, God has a race for you. It, it, it's called a purpose. He's got a purpose for you, and he's got a purpose for me, and and, and he wants us to run that race. Well, today we're going to pull Mary on Mother's Day, the mother of Jesus, out of the stands. Now, Mary is probably the most misunderstood woman in all of history. Some people put her up next to Jesus as a God, uh, as almost deity. And uh, and Mary would be the first one to tell you, oh, no, no, no. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm a regular person. And uh, matter of fact, when 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 Mary was probably... Thirteen or fourteen when she had Jesus. So I mean, just thinking, you're thirteen year old ladies, and uh, and you go, oh my goodness, and uh, and so she's she was thirteen. She was far from that, but she probably had a picture of how life was going to be because girls got married at thirteen or fourteen in that day and age, and and so she's probably thinking, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a, a husband, a house with picket fence, a couple of dogs, a camel, donkey, and uh, you know, and and uh, we're gonna have a good life, and. And, and then this angel shows up with a different plan. Has anybody ever had God show up with a different plan than what you pictured for your life? I mean, you know, it, it, it's maybe you know, I know somebody planned to be a teacher, but then they started making babies, and they didn't get to achieve that dream, you know. And uh, maybe you planned a business career in one field, and, and here you are stuck in another job, maybe one that you didn't really pick, uh, but you're kind of stuck. I remember when I went to work for a management company, uh, right out of college, I went to work for this company, and I'm in Denver, Colorado for like a month of, of training. First time I've ever been away from my mama and daddy that long, you know. I'm a, I'm a southern boy, you know, and, and so I'm out there where, they, where you say grits, and they don't know what you're talking about, and uh, you know, and stuff like that. And, and, and so I'm out there, and, and they said, we want you to put down five cities, because they're going to ship us to different hospitals to, to manage departments in these hospitals, and said, so put down five cities. And I remembered four of them when I was getting ready for the sermon. One was Rome, Georgia, my hometown. Another one was Atlanta, Georgia. Half my friends from high school moved to Atlanta right down the road. Another one was Chattanooga, Tennessee. Here again, just an hour away from home, you know. And then uh, the, the last one I could remember was Birmingham, Alabama. All of them real close to home. Louisiana was not on my list. But on November of 1979, right after Thanksgiving, I get off a plane. It was cold and threatening snow in Georgia where I left, and my glasses fog up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I'm thinking, oh my God, what have I done, you know? See, God had a different plan, and I mean, if you'd have told me then that I would be running an organization called Youth for Christ for 20 years and then be a pastor, I'd have thought you were just a little bit crazy, but God had a different plan than I did. I'm thinking hospital administration. I almost went back to Tulane and and got a graduate degree in that. And, and, but God had a different plan. And uh, you know, and, and by the way, just since it's Mother's Day, I'll get some props to my mom. Uh, my sweet little mama, as bad as she wanted me to move back to Rome, Georgia, as bad as she wanted me to be work somewhere close, she never, used, she never would say, I just want you to come home. She said, I, I'm proud of you doing what you're doing. She was always encouraging me to do what I was doing. I knew she wanted me home. She cried every year for 40-something years when I'd leave and, uh, you know, and uh, every time I'd leave, leave Georgia. And, uh, but, but moms are encouragers, and I thank God that I had one like that. And I'm sure that Mary probably had her plans as well. And, and, and uh, all of a sudden, this angel showed up with a different kind of plan. And, uh, I mean, here she is. She's a young girl, and all of a sudden, an angel appears and tells her, guess what? You're going to have a baby she says, say, what? I had never been with a guy. What are you talking about? And uh, I mean, you know, and by the way, the baby's going to be the son of God. (laughs) How would you like to get that one? You know, wait a minute. I'm going to be pregnant, and I'm carrying the son of God. What in the world? And uh, because she was religious. I mean, she was a Jew. and, And so I'm sure that was not in her plan. I'm sure watching him die being murdered in front of her eyes was not in her plan as well. And I think Mary, if we pulled her out of the crowd, I think she would tell us a few things today. And one of them, she would say, when God asks you to do something outside of your comfort zone, don't miss your moment with God. Write that down. Don't miss your moment with God. Don't miss it. See, if she were coaching us and and she she would say, hey, look, God's going to do things his way. But here's some things you can do to make sure you don't miss those God moments. Because you don't want to miss those God moments. I think she'd also say sometimes God moments seem impossible. She'd tell us God moments may seem impossible. I mean, think about it. God, he, She would tell you God's going to ask you to do something, and you're going to think, what? Are you kidding me? I mean, for me to be up here speaking, I almost fainted the first time I had to give a speech in speech class. I mean, it was like wobbling knees, breathing shallow, you know? And I, I think the speech might have lasted a minute and a half. I don't know. It felt like forever, but... But, you know, I mean, she, God's going to ask you to do something impossible. Look what he told her. The angel said, You'll conceive and give birth to a son and name him Jesus. He'll be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Here it is. You're going to be holding the Son of God. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he'll reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. And then Mary asked the angel what I said before. But how can this happen? I'm a virgin. In other words, I've never been with a man. It's impossible. She's, she's 13, but she knows to have a baby, you don't, you know, uh, you, you've got to do something. And uh, so Mary wasn't lacking in faith. He was just telling her something that was impossible to happen. You're going to get pregnant without ever having been with a man. And uh, so she's questioned because it's impossible. It didn't make sense. And here's the thing. A lot of times we, we question God because he'll tell us to do something that doesn't make sense and so we'll go, well, God, when I understand exactly what you're saying, then I'll do it. Now, what you just did was you reduced God to the size of your brain. And let me tell you something. God is way, way bigger than the size of my brain or of your brain. And, uh, and so we need, to, we need to understand that. And so, you know, maybe, maybe you've had a situation that seemed impossible. Maybe it's maybe something on a job or maybe it was a loss of a child or maybe you're trying to have a child. I can't tell you how many times I've had, had uh, over the years, people who couldn't have children, and so they adopted, and guess what? Hello. They got pregnant, you know, and, uh, and so what seemed impossible happened. Matter of fact, how many of you remember uh, the story of the rich young ruler? He came to Jesus, and he said, Master, he said, uh, Teacher, I've, I've kept all the laws. I mean, he's a good guy. I've kept all the laws. Made a lot of money doing it. But I've kept all the laws. And so how do I be saved? And Jesus said, well, go sell everything and follow me. Now, Jesus dealt with people differently each time. He dealt with this rich guy in a way that rich guy needed to be dealt with. He told an academic guy, you've got to be born again. You know? And so he dealt with us all different. And, and so the rich young ruler walked away. And, and Jesus made the statement and said, remember, he, he was explaining the kingdom of God. He said, it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And, and so the disciples looked at him and said, well, then, who can be saved? And listen to what Jesus said in Mark 10, 27. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it's impossible, but not with God. And then look what he said. Everything is possible with God. Repeat that with me. Everything is possible with God. Think about that thing that you think is impossible. It's possible with God. And, and so just what Jesus told her. Mary would tell you this morning. She was speaking to us that we need to trust the Lord when it seems impossible. We need to trust Him. She'd also tell us this morning, I think, that when the God moments come, just say yes. Just say yes. That's what she did, even though she was questioning. Uh, it says in Luke 138, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. That needs to be our response when God asks us something. I'm the Lord's servant. Then she said, May everything you've said about me come true. Now, all the movies make this look pretty good. You know, there's, there's a couple of them that, that show a little bit of the ridicule they would have gone through. But, I mean, think about it. She's, you know, when she said that, I believe that's probably when the Holy Spirit, she conceived. And, uh, and so we romanticize it. But if you think about it, she's 13 or 14. She's pregnant, and she don't have a husband. And uh, so she's going to have some friends, and Joseph's going to have some friends. And so, said, what, you couldn't wait? I mean, all you had to do is wait one year. And you keep the law. I mean, you know, back then it wasn't like today where you sleep around. I mean, you know, you do that back then. They stoned you to death. And that's what the religious leaders were going, you know what? You're going to die. We're fixing to kill you. That was the law. That was the law. And and then how many of you know you, you, she was fixing to face her mama? How many of y'all think that her mama believed her? Well, mama, I'm pregnant, but I didn't do anything. How many of y'all would believe that, right? Nobody. Uh, you know, we're not going to believe that. And so her mama didn't either, I'm sure. And uh, Joseph didn't until he had a dream where the angel appeared to him and talked to him. I mean, so she faced ridicule. She faced disbelief. She, she faced potential stoning. But here's the thing. She got pregnant and went through all that because when God speaks, he will do what he said. When God speaks, he will do what he said. You might want to write that down even though it's not in your notes. And and so how many of you remember the story of Jairus? He, he was a temple leader, and his daughter got sick. And he comes to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, he said, my daughter is sick, and she's going to die. Will you come and heal her? And so Jesus said, sure, I'll come. And so while he's on the way, he keeps getting distracted with people coming up. One of the people that came up, the woman, remember, with the issue of blood. And she said, if I just touch the hem of his garment. And he said, who touched me? I mean, people are all over the place, you know touching him, and, and he turns around, and he deals with her, and he heals her, changes her life. And then at that time, somebody came from Jairus's house and said, Look, don't bother the master. She's dead. And look what it says. Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just what? Just have faith. He, that's what we've got to have. We've got to have faith that what God says he's going to do, he's going to do. So Jesus goes in and raises her from the dead. Now, see, Jairus wanted her healed. Jesus wanted to raise her from the dead. Sometimes we want God to answer a certain way, and he's got a whole different way he's going to answer, but he's going to answer, and he's going to show up. So I think Mary would say, we've got to trust him. We've got to trust him. She'd also say, hey, look, uh, your God moment will open the door for God's best in your life. Your God moment will open the door for God's best in your life. We've got to understand that everything God is doing, he's trying to do for the best, our best. Now, you know, I can always remember, you know, mama would give me medicine. It didn't necessarily taste good. Y'all, younger people, y'all are lucky. It tastes like bubble gum. It tasted like licking a telephone pole when I was small. I mean, it was nasty. And, and she'd say, this is good for you. So, you know, I grew up, anytime somebody says it's good for you, ooh, that's time to run. You know, but... Uh, but, you know, what God is trying to do what's good for you, all right? And it, it will taste good. So uh, he's always opening his best. Look at Romans eight twenty-eight. Paul said this, God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him. And so we've got to get that from here to here. It's got to come through our eyes and into our soul so we believe that. And the problem is often we don't. And Mary, I believe, kind of felt that way. I mean, look, in the middle of all this, Mary goes to see Elizabeth. Not only is she facing ridicule. Not only is she facing being stoned to death. Not only is she facing a mama that don't believe her. She's got morning sickness. I mean, throw in that. I mean, I almost said throw up. But, I mean, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about, ladies. And, I mean, she had morning sickness going on. And then, so she goes to see Elizabeth. She's riding on a donkey or in a cart. Don't know which. But, you know, and she's hot. It's it's, it's dusty. I mean, in the summer, it's hot over there. Let me tell you, 110 degrees on a mountain. Uh, a friend of mine was uh, over there in the summer. Do not go to Israel in the summer. And, uh, and so she's, she's hot, she's sweaty, she's pregnant. She do not feel good. Uh, you know, listen, this isn't like walking above the water, you know, where she's, you know, nothing bad's happening. I mean, she's throwing up, that thing's bouncing around, she's getting a little car sick, you know, baby's bouncing. She's got to go to the bathroom all the time. I mean, y'all know the, y'all know the drill, right? And, and so she sees, she finally gets to her cousin's house, and, and in a loud voice, Elizabeth goes, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you bear. How many of you think, why in the world would Elizabeth need to say blessed are you? Because Mary probably felt like she was going, What in the world is going on here? And she needed some encouragement, and Elizabeth said blessed are you among women not above women but among women and then uh... and and she goes on but why am i so favored that the mother of my lord should come to me as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears the baby in my womb leaped for joy why because of the baby in her womb jesus and john the baptist were second cousins and so jesus is the son of god so john the baptist is going oh the lord's here you know he's not even born yet and uh... and and so uh, then look what she says. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. She was speaking faith in the, to Mary. She's speaking life. Elizabeth's a little bit older. She's seen further down the road. Mary's young in her face. She's 13, 14. Elizabeth was older. Wasn't even supposed to be able to have a baby. But God did this miracle and and uh, and, and uh, got her pregnant, made her pregnant. And, and she's having John the Baptist. And So she's speaking Faith. She's speaking life to Mary. Listen, I, I've got a lot of confidence in what God does because I've been serving Him for 48 years. I did the math the other night. And, and I've been in a ministry for 30 years. I've seen things that were impossible. I've been in impossible situations and seen God pull through. I've seen people that, where God has answered prayers over the years. I've also prayed some prayers and didn't understand why God didn't answer them. And now I say, thank you, Jesus, you didn't answer that the way i was wanting because you know i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing today and so i've, I've been that way so fast forward for mary she's she's no longer at elizabeth's house you fast forward and jesus is thirty years old and they're going to a wedding and and in these days the the people in this this area are very hospitable except for the ones that are throwing rockets at each other right now but most people over there they want to feed you it's kind of like river church you come to river church we want to feed you right and so you're over there, and, and, and they're throwing this wedding party, and they run out of wine. And this is, a, this is a horrible. It was basically an insult to the guest. It was a big deal to run out of food or wine. And so Mary comes up to Jesus. They're at this wedding. And she says, hey, son, they're, they're, they're out of wine. Fix it. And he's going, wait a minute. It's not, it's not time for me to do that, Mom. Besides that, my first miracle doesn't need to be making whiskey. I mean, you know I mean? Making wine, you know what I mean? And, and so she does what every mom does. She did the mom card on him. She said, yeah, you'll do it. And listen to what she said. She tells the servants, whatever he says, do it. In other words, he's going to tell you to do something that sounds crazy, but just do it when he tells you to do it. And so you know the story. They, make, they, get, they fill up the pots of water, and, and he turns it into a, a wine fountain. I mean, it just they don't run out. It's the best wine that they had. And uh, and and so Mary had confidence that Jesus was going to do that. I don't I don't know the full story of why she's had him for thirty years. She's seen the, the shepherds come and worship him, the wise men come and worship him. Uh, you know I don't know. Maybe the, when they were swimming in the swimming pool, she looks out the window and Jesus is walking along on top of the swimming pool. And she's going get down, get in that water. You know, or, you know, and, and you know. Can you imagine Jesus? I need you to go to the store. We're out of sugar. Oh mom, I don't want to go to the store. How many of all kids told you that? Jesus, go to the store. Look, Mama, I think if you look in the cabinet, it's there, you know. She opens the door, and there's a bag of sugar. I mean, I doubt that really happened. But, I mean, just let your mind run wild, you know. Uh, you know, she had confidence that Jesus was going to do what he said it, what he was going to do. And So I know many of you, you may be here confused, sad. You may be wondering where God is. And I want you to understand something. Mary would want you to understand this. God is always working to open the door that's best in your life. We just got to pay attention. Now, I think that's some things that she would say. I think she'd say some other things before we put her back into stands. She would tell you this. Number one, stay connected to God. She would say stay connected to God. Since, since, you know, God's working in your life, you need to stay connected. But it's easy in our culture to get disconnected. I mean, I mean we get busy, right? We, we got dance teams. Then we got grandkids. Then we got ball teams we got camping, we've got shopping, we've got staying at home in our pajamas and, and watching on TV or whatever and, and not being connected. And too often we, we rush from one thing to another. We never sit somewhere long enough to really connect. And uh, and so the the enemy of your your connection to the Lord is the pace of our life oftentimes. And, and so, you know, sometimes it is us. I mean, we had a, I think we had a night off this week. We had one night off this week, yeah, I think. But it's nice when at 7 o'clock I can go ahead and get into a pair of shorts and tennis shoes and relax. And, uh, and so we, we want to stay connected. Look, when the, when, the, when the shepherds heard about Jesus in Luke 2, it says they hurried. That's kind of what we do, right? We just hurry from place to place. And uh, they found Mary and Joseph, and there the baby was laying in a manger after seeing him. The shepherds told everyone what had happened about the angel and all that. And look, look what it said. All who heard the shepherds were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Folks, as you go through your faith walk, there are things that happen in your life that you need to treasure in your heart and ponder upon from time to time. Markers that you need to remember. And, uh, and things that you need to remember. Just like uh, Kathy's, Pastor Kathy's nephew remembered Her praying with him at the altar. That's something he can keep that he's still got. And we need to hold on to those things and uh, and think about them instead of rushing and rushing and rushing. Jesus said this, I'm the vine and you're the branches. And when you're joined to me and I with you, the harvest is sure to be abundant. See, when we stay connected to Jesus, we're going to have a harvest. We'll bear fruit in our lives. But separated, we can't produce a thing. We've got to stay connected to Jesus. When we get disconnected, you'll not only be miserable, but we're going to be useless. I think Mary would also say this. Stay connected to your purpose. Stay connected to your purpose. She knew what her purpose was. Her purpose was to to give birth to the Son of God. That Her purpose was God had picked her to carry the Son of God, the incarnate God, and bring Him to birth and then raise Him. Can you imagine? wonder when He's going to correct me. <laughs> you know you're correcting him, you're raising him, she knew her purpose and 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 so you know when they went to present Jesus at the temple, and uh you know a guy named Simeon had been waiting there and and when Simeon uh saw Jesus, he said, "Man, he told God, he said, "Look, you just go ahead and take me home now i've seen the lord's redeemer i've seen the messiah i've seen you've you've kept your promise to me god, and and you can take me on and it says then Simeon." Bless them. Uh, why did Mary need blessing? Why did she need encouraging? How many of y'all have had more than one child? Mary, Jesus had younger brothers and sisters, kind of like herding cats sometimes, right? I mean, Mary probably tired. You know, uh, uh, it was funny when I went to my ten year reunion. All my friends had children. All of them had bags under their eyes. All of them were carrying bags because the children wasn't sleeping. The babies. Then when the kids were grown and gone, at the twenty year reunion. They're all looking good, tan, you know, all that again. Why? Because them ki- those kids are sleeping all night. And, and, you know, now some of you were teenagers. You still got the, the worry, you know. But, but you know, Simeon blessed them. Mary needed that. It, you know, she may have felt like she was overwhelmed at times. I'm raising the son of God. Can you imagine how she felt when they were headed home and they were, he was missing? Where is he? I can't believe it. Not only did I lose my child, I lost the Son of God. I mean, you know, I mean, just think about that for a minute. We kind of, oh, well, he was w- at the temple. How many of y'all know my mama would have worn me out? It wouldn't have mattered if I was teaching the priest, you know. And, and, uh, here, but see, we, we, we tend to romanticize that a little bit. I, I think Simeon blessed her because she probably was feeling a little bit overwhelmed, and she needed to be reminded of her purpose. That Jesus was going to come in. He was going to cause many in Israel to fall and others to rise. He'd been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And then he gave a prophecy. He said, in many of the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. A sword will pierce your very soul. Because she was going to go through the sorrow of Jesus' death. And so he reminded her of her purpose and of his. That's why Paul told Timothy, fan the flames of the gift that you've been given. We've got to fan those flames. Remember your purpose. Remember what it is that God has called you to do. And we want you to find your purpose. We want you to live your purpose. And somebody said there's two two important days in your life, the day you're born and the day you find out why you're here. And uh, and so we need to do that. I think Mary would also say stay connected to the people that encourage you. Stay connected to the people that encourage you. How many of you just love hanging out with people that put you down? Nobody's hand went up. What's wrong with that? And uh, no, nobody likes to be around people that just put you down and belittle you. I, I mean, Mary, look, look at this back in Luke. It said Mary stayed with Elizabeth about how long? Three months. Why do you think she stayed with Elizabeth three months? Because she was wanted to be around the woman who said, blessed is, are you among women, and not around, oh, yeah, you pregnant. You're going to get it. We're going to stone you. I mean, she didn't want to be around that. She wanted to be around somebody that said, blessed are you among women. I mean, she wanted that encouragement. I had a friend of mine that, uh, named Ron. You'd hang around with him and you'd leave his presence thinking you were the best at whatever it was you were helping him do. Uh, I mean, he just had that gift of encouragement. And, uh, and so stay connected to those people. Stay connected to people who encourage you. Uh, you know, I believe you need to be here as often as you can, because you get beat up during the week, and you need to be around people that are, you need to hear me say, God has a purpose for your life. God created you special. He's got good things for you. You need, to, you need to hear that. You need to hear that. Hebrews 10, it says this, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. What's the hope? Christ. Eternal life. Abundant life. We hold faith fast to that. Let us hold tightly to it. Then, then look what he said. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. We're to be thinking of ways we can motivate each other to do good things and to do these good works. And then, then in verse 25, it said, let us not neglect our meeting together. I love that verse. have people tell me all the time, I can be a Christian without going to church. Technically true. You can't be an obedient Christian without going to church because he says don't neglect meeting together, and, and as some people do, but encourage one another. We come here to get encouraged. Uh, I come in here sometimes beat up. I mean, I, I've come off of, of crime scenes on Sunday mornings. You never knew it, but when I got into the worship, it relieved my stress. It relieved, it encouraged my soul. I mean, I've left kids with no parent anymore and, and, and things like that and come in here and get in the presence of God. We need to be connected. We need to be connected. Pastor Kathy always says that the one that gets, the banana gets away from the bunch gets peeled. And that's true. And, uh, and so we need to be connected with each other. It's the fourth thing I think Mary would say, and, I, and don't y'all check out because it's the last. Blank, but uh, stay connected to the big picture. What's the big picture? Heaven. The big picture we're looking for is heaven. I mean, we we, you know think we we always talk about the crucifixion from God's perspective. You know, God gave His Son. We talk about it from Jesus' perspective. He's given Himself. But can you imagine Mary? She carried this baby for nine months. She gave birth to Him. She raised Him. She fixed scrapes and scratches on His knees and on His elbows. She saw him. She was amazed when he was teaching the priests and everything. She saw him as he took care of their family when Joseph died and, and, and as, as she carried on. And then she saw him in ministry and heard these amazing things and saw all these miracles. And now she is watching him be murdered right in front of her. She's at the foot of the cross. Can you imagine? See, it says Mary was there. His aunt, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene stood at the foot of the cross. We know John was there because he's writing this. And, uh, and, and so she at least was connected. We need to stay connected, people, especially when you're going through horrible, horrible things. And it says Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved. I love it. You know, John always writes about himself. I'm the favorite. Kathy, Pastor Kathy got a cousin, and I always tell her I'm the favorite cousin, right? And, and she would always give me extra toffee when she's in the toffee business. She said, yes, you're my favorite. You know, but, and that's kind of what John was doing. Yeah, I'm the favorite. But Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing near her. He said to his mother, woman, here's your son. Now remember, Jesus' brothers and sisters didn't believe in what he was doing. They didn't become believers until after the resurrection. He said, woman, here's your son. Then he looked at the disciple and said, here's your mother. Even though he's dying, he's, he's knowing I'm the head of the household. I'm the one back then. Women didn't work and and so, how's mama going to eat? Where's she going to live? John, I want you to take care of her. John, I want you to. And he said, Mama, he said, I can't keep being your son because I've got to go pay for the sins of Robert Story. He said, Robert Story needs me to go pay for his sins. So do the rest of us. And so he, he gave, he, he did that and then he died. Listen, our goal is heaven. That's the big picture. Our goal is heaven. So I want you, as you bow your heads, I just want you to remember this. We need to stay connected to God. Now, you may not...